let's talk the law and the gospel. What is the distinction between the law and the gospel? Better yet, who cares? When we talk about the distinction between the law and the gospel, this is maybe something you've heard of, you're interested in, you you uh, maybe you already know this and you love hearing more about it. Maybe you have no idea what I'm talking about. And so to get after this, let's start in our normal everyday experiences. Uh, have you ever struggled to believe the gospel? Have you ever struggled to believe the grace of God for you? Have you ever sensed that God was angry with you? Have you ever worried about your salvation or your acceptance with God, your standing before God? Uh, If you're honest, you have probably, unless you're like a brand new Christian, you have probably, you can identify with those experiences. Um, And if you have, and if you've asked those questions, if you've had those fears, those worries, those anxieties, then you need to know deep in your bones the distinction between the law and the gospel. Uh, And to make that distinction, to make sense of that distinction, to explain what we're even talking about, um, I want to look at uh, uh, at what a lot of I want to look at a lot of what Martin Luther has to say about the law and the gospel and the distinction between the law and the gospel, um, pulling from one of the greatest books ever written. Uh, it's Martin Luther's commentary on the book of Galatians, uh, where he just goes through verse by verse, passage by passage, um, explaining the book of Galatians. Again, one of the greatest books ever written. Um, Luther in that book would say that we struggle to rest in the grace of God because we do not believe the gospel perfectly. We are frail. So he says, quote, the article of justification must be sounded in our ears incessantly because the frailty of our flesh will not permit us to take hold of it perfectly and to believe it with all our heart. In actual living, however, it is not so easy to persuade oneself that by grace alone, in opposition to every other means, we obtain the forgiveness of sins and peace with God, end quote. We have to hear the gospel over and over and over again because over and over and over again, we are tempted to believe something else other than the gospel. We are tempted to trust something else for our standing before God other than the gospel. So what are we tempted to believe if not the gospel? What other message, what other word are we tempted to believe and rest in and find acceptance with God in other than the gospel? The word of the law. Meaning we are ever tempted to believe over and over again that by our works of obedience to God's law, we can save ourselves, at least in part. We can add to our salvation. We can add to God's, uh, we can add um, uh, merit and reason to, to God's love for us. We can give him reason, at least in part, to love us, to forgive us, to give us grace. This is the conflict we live with. Uh, the conflict between believing in grace alone and believing the law for our acceptance before God and to be assured of his love for us. Luther continues the quote above, and he says, in the midst of the conflict, when we should be consoling ourselves with the gospel, the law rears up and begins to rage all over our conscience. I say the gospel is frail because we are frail, end quote. So like a lion, the law rages saying, you failed, you're so sinful, you're so immature. You keep going back to that same sin over and over again. You're condemned, you're guilty. And we question, we doubt, we wonder about God's love for us. And yes, I know what you might be thinking right now. Yes, in our minds, we know the gospel. We know the gospel well, 
But Luther says, again, in actual conflict with the devil, when he scares us with the law, we easily lose sight of our sweet high priest. Luther talks about the devil a lot in his commentary, but he also talks about our very human wiring. He says that human reason can think only in terms of the law. It mumbles, this I have done, this I have not done. But faith looks to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, given into death for the sins of the world, end quote. In other words, it's totally natural to us when wondering about God's love for us and his grace for us and his acceptance of us to think about what we have done and what we've not done, to balance the scales, to see how we're doing and hope we're doing good enough to have God's love and acceptance. That's just natural. That's the way we naturally reason because the law is written on our hearts. And Luther says even of himself, quote, I must confess that in times of temptation, I do not always know how to rightly divide law and gospel. End quote. The point here is that we know we have this conflict of doubts and fears of God's anger, his wrath, his his, uh, not accepting us. And Martin Luther says that it's all about understanding the law and the gospel. That the solution is understanding the law and the gospel and the distinction between the law and the gospel. This is so important that Luther says, quote, The person who can rightly divide law and gospel has reason to thank God. He is a true theologian. So if you can rightly understand the law and the gospel, the distinction between the law and the gospel, Luther says you are a true theologian. So what exactly is this distinction? It's so stark that Luther, sa- Luther says that it's, it's as stark that, that uh, the difference between the law and the gospel is like the difference between, quote, day and night. Um, hear it first in summary. Let's, 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 let's hear this first in summary, and then, and then let's make it really clear. Listen to this quote from Luther. Uh, he says, The law has the right to tell me that I should love God and my neighbor that I should live in chastity, temperance, patience, etc. The law has no right to tell me how I may be delivered from sin, death, and hell. It is the gospel's business to tell me that. I must listen to the gospel. It tells me not what I must do, but what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has done for me. End quote. Do you hear a distinction in there? One thing seems to do one thing, while the other thing seems to do another thing. So let's, let's get into this. Simply put, God's law is about who you are and how you are to live. It commands and demands. It tells you what to do, what not to do. And the law offers no help, no support, no mercy. It cannot deliver you from sin, death, and hell in the event of failure. So as a sinner... The law will only ever command and then pronounce you guilty. It will find you guilty because you and I are sinful. We are lawbreakers. So the law will only ever convict and probe and prod and prick and reveal your guilt again and again and again. And this is a good thing. We need this. We need God's law. God's law is good. We are bad. So if you read the Ten Commandments, for instance, and think, I've done that perfectly. I've done the Ten Commandments perfectly. Well, you just revealed your sin of pride. Sorry. Um, Luther says this, the law reveals guilt, fills the conscience with terror, and drives men to despair. He says the law terrorizes the conscience. The law reveals the wrath and judgment 
of God. So again, you read the Ten Commandments and you go, failed there, I failed there, I failed that a bunch, I keep failing that, I can't seem to do that. I am guilty and guilty people before God are, well, they deserve God's wrath and judgment. But praise God, Luther says this, quote, this doctrine of the gospel differs greatly from the law, end quote. Simply put, we just said what the law is. Simply put, the gospel is not about who you should be and how you should live. It doesn't command, it doesn't demand, probe, and prick. The gospel is news. In your sin, you need commands and advice as much as someone drowning needs swim lessons. In your sin, you need to be told that something has been done for you. In your guilt, when you're going, does God love me? Does he accept me? Is there any salvation for me? You're like a drowning person and you don't need someone to swim up to you and say, let me teach you how to swim. Let me give you instructions and commands and guidance on how to swim. No, you need to be told something's been done for you. Deliverance and rescue is for you. You need good news. The gospel is good news for you that Jesus Christ saves sinners single-handedly. So Luther says this, the gospel does not threaten The gospel announces that Christ has come to forgive the sins of the world. The gospel conveys to us the inestimable treasures of God, end quote. Now, here is why this is so difficult to believe with all our hearts, because we naturally want to justify ourselves by the law. Luther says this is the sin of all sins. He says, quote, this is a phenomenal, uh, this is a phenomenal quote says, the white devil of spiritual sin is far more dangerous than the black devil of carnal sin because the wiser, the better men are without Christ, the more they are likely to ignore and oppose the gospel, end quote. So we naturally only think in terms of the law and we want to become so good that we don't need Jesus, that, that we don't need God anymore. We want to be so righteous that we can ignore the crucified Savior. This is our normal way of thinking. What do we do? What do we do? What we should do first is listen to the law in full force. God's law is God's word for us, and we should listen to it in full force. Uh, Luther says that the tricks of the devil and the message of the law work to our advantage because they point us back to Jesus. And that's the point. That, that's the whole point. That is why God gave us the law, to convict us of sin and drive us and send us to the Savior. He did not give us the Ten Commandments, crossing his fingers, thinking, I think they can do it. He gave us the Ten Commandments principally to convict us of all of the ways that we break the Ten Commandments, to show us our guilt, to reveal our need for him and his salvation and his grace. And once we listen to the law, as it convicts us of sin, we run to Jesus. We run to Jesus and his salvation. Luther says this, when the conscience is is disturbed, in other words, you're sitting there thinking, you're thinking of your guilt, you know your guilt, you know that guilty people deserve wrath and judgment from God, you're worried about God's anger and his wrath. Luther says, do not seek advice from reason, from your own brain, just your own natural way of reasoning, or from the law. But rest your conscience in the grace of God and in his word and proceed as if you had never heard of the law. The law has its place in its own time. Uh, This is massive. This is massive. When your conscience is disturbed, Luther says, 
run away from the law, rest in the grace of God, and proceed as if you you like like the law doesn't even exist, like you've never heard of it, like you've never heard of it. He goes on. He says, "Quote: If it is a question of faith or conscience, again, if it's a question of." How am I saved? Am I saved? Does God forgive me and love me? He says, ignore the law entirely. Why ignore the law? Because the law only reveals your guilt. It doesn't tell you how to be saved. It doesn't tell you if God loves sinners. When the law has convicted you of your guilt and you're wondering um, whether or not God loves you and accepts you and has any grace for you, it's time to ignore the law. To act like it doesn't exist. To say things like this, quote, Mr. Law, I'm a sinner. What are you going to do about it? Abandon the law, Luther will say, and rest in the grace of God. Because the law is purposed by God to send you to Jesus for salvation. So Luther says this, whenever Satan uses the law to scare you, to scare us, he says, quote, in accusing me of being a damnable sinner, you're cutting your own throat, Satan. That's awesome. Now, you might be thinking, well, doesn't the law like guide us? Doesn't it tell us what is right and wrong and guide us? Absolutely. Luther says this, quote, if it's a question of works, like how do I live? What is right? What is good? How do I love my neighbor? He says, then lift high the lantern of works and the righteousness of the law, end quote. In other words, if all you're asking is, how do I love my neighbor? Like, is, is, uh, is murder loving my neighbor? Then ask the law, hey, law, um, is murder loving my neighbor? And then what does the law say? Thou shalt not murder. Don't murder. And you go, okay. It's not loving to murder. Got it. Check. But if you're asking, how can I be accepted before God, knowing I'm a sinner, the law has told me I'm guilty and I'm a sinner, it's time to move on from the law to the gospel. So first, listen to the law and then run to Christ. The second thing I'll say here um, is that you must not mix the law and the gospel. You must not mix the law and the gospel. This is the real struggle. Um, Because let's face it, Christians don't explicitly think like, Jesus can't save me and I'm going to turn back to works. The deception um, uh, is much more subtle. Uh, The subtlety is that we know we're sinners and we know we need Jesus, but we think we can add a little something to Jesus' work. Uh, We don't want just the law, but we also don't want just the gospel. We want glossal. I think that's a term I probably... I uh, heard someone say years and years ago, but gospel, right? We want, we want this mixture of law and, and gospel. And so we mix the law and the gospel in two ways. We mix them together in two ways. First, we can add the law into the gospel. We add the law into the gospel. Uh, the message of God's wild free grace for sinners simply seems too good to be true. It just seems too good to be true. Surely it cannot be this good and easy to have eternal life, forgiveness, grace, total full acceptance with God, all because of Jesus. It can't be that good. And so in our addiction to the law, we try to improve the gospel by adding laws to it. So we think, yes, this is what we think. Yes, we need to believe in Jesus, of course, but... We also need to follow him as our Lord, obey him, and do what he does. And that's, the, that's how we'll be saved. Now, is it true that we should follow Jesus and obey Jesus? Of course. He's God. Of course. However, right there was a mixture 
of the law and the gospel. We need to believe in Jesus, rest in Jesus and what he's done. There's gospel, and we need to follow him. There's law, so it's gospel and law mixed together. So no longer do we have just the gospel saving us, but rather a concoction of the law and the gospel. And so we're promised forgiveness if we trust Jesus and obey Jesus. This is why Luther says the devil, quote, frightens us with the very person of the mediator, misquotes the words of Christ, and distorts for us our Savior. Jesus here gets turned into a lawgiver, a guide to self-salvation, a guide to self-righteousness, right? He becomes a mere model to follow, you know, and he sprinkles a little grace on us to help us to forgive some things, you know, um, but he really is, is this model, right? This, what would Jesus do? If I can just do what Jesus would do, then I'll be, I'll be saved and confident in God's love for me. And so the good news becomes this. Jesus is this divine sheriff, but he's relaxed a little bit. You know, just don't do the major sins too many times. Ask for some grace, follow his example, and you'll get forgiveness. You can be assured of forgiveness. So with gospel, with this mixing of the law and the gospel, we think if I believe in Jesus, have consistent quiet times, faithfully attend church, volunteer in the kids' ministry, go on at least one international mission trip, share the gospel with an unbeliever, experience the Holy Spirit, and surrender all to God, then I can rest secure in the love of God. That's mixing the law and the gospel. That's mixing the law into the gospel. Think for a moment, do any of us obey Jesus as we ought to? No. We don't. Do any of us surrender all to God? No, we don't. That's the whole problem. The law tells me that's the whole problem in the first place. I don't obey Jesus as the Lord and King that he is. That's the problem. But good news, Luther says, quote, Christ is no sheriff. He is the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Now, we also mix the gospel into the law. We also mix the gospel into the law. In an effort to obey the law, we realize it's too demanding. We just can't be personally and perpetually perfect. We just can't do it. The law is just too demanding. Um, maybe we haven't killed anyone, but we know we've, we've murdered people in our hearts. We haven't committed adultery, but we've slept with a lot of people in our hearts. And so rather than acknowledging our guilt, as we've already said, and abandoning the law to run to Christ for salvation, abandoning the law as a, as a, 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 a way of salvation, we just bring Christ into the law. We can't let it go. And so we sprinkle grace and mercy on the law. And so we think, we think something like this, no one can be perfect. That's unreasonable. It's too demanding. And God knows that. And therefore he just demands that we give it our best shot. You know, and then he'll give us grace for the rest. That's mixing law and gospel. That's mixing the gospel into the law. Again, think for a moment. Does the law at any point relax its standards of perfection? No, no. The law tells me that's the whole problem. The law demands personal, perpetual perfection, and it never relaxes that standard. It never relaxes that standard. There's no grace and mercy in the law. It just demands you be perfect and holy as God is perfect and holy. And so the very problem is, well, I'm not. We're not. We are sinful. And so we don't want to mix the gospel into the law to relax it. Luther says this about mixing the law and the gospel. Quote, it seems a small matter to mingle the law and the gospel. 
faith, and works. But it creates more mischief than man's brain can conceive. To mix law and gospel not only clouds the knowledge of grace, it cuts out Christ altogether. When we mix the law into the gospel, or the gospel into the law, even subtly, we cut out Jesus entirely. We're just left with the law. Let's kind of wrap this up. There is only the law and the gospel. There is only the law and the gospel. And we, we, we get the law and the gospel from the Bible. The Bible is one unified story. And in the Bible, we read law. We read things about who we are and who we should be and how we should live. And we read gospel. We read good news for sinners. Whenever we add a little bit of the law um, to the gospel, we end up cutting out the gospel entirely and we're just left with law. There are only two choices for salvation. You can either be saved according to the law, which means being personally and perpetually perfect, or you can be saved by receiving Jesus' personal perfection as your own. The bad news is no one other than Jesus is personally and perpetually perfect, and so the only way of salvation is Jesus. His sacrifice on the cross for you and his righteousness counted as your own received not by and through your works, but through faith, resting in him. And get this, you still only have two choices as a Christian. You can approach God today, right now, once you turn off this podcast, on the basis of Christ's perfection, with utmost confidence in his righteousness, counted as your own. Or you can approach God based on Christ plus your sanctification, your maturity, your growth in the Christian life, your performance, what have you. The former is the way of the gospel. The latter is the way of failing. It's, it's, the, it's the way of, of the law. And, and it's a failing way. Because, again, there's no such thing as adding the law to the gospel or the gospel to the law. There is the way of, the, of Christ, which is the way of grace, or there's the way of the law. And, and the only way to succeed in, in the way of the law is to be personally, perpetually perfect, and you've already failed that. You've already failed that. So, there are two ways of salvation. You can try to be perfect according to the law, which is, which, which is a, 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 fail, a failing project. It's something you've already failed. It's something I've already failed. Or you can rest and rely on Jesus and Jesus alone and grace and grace alone through faith and faith alone. That's the way of the Bible. That's the way of the gospel, and you still only have two choices as a Christian. You can approach God today with utmost confidence in who Jesus is and what he has done for you, or you can approach him based on like Jesus plus your sanctification. That too, um, that too is uh, a failing way. Um, In conclusion, Uh, If you want to know how to live, listen to the law. If it's a question of works, listen to the law. The law will tell you how to love God and how to love your neighbor. So we need the law. We need it to guide us. Um, And we need to remember it can't save us. It will continually remind us of our sin. And what do we do then? Do we mix in a little gospel to ease our worry and doubt? No. No, Luther says when your conscience is disturbed... Uh, rest your conscience in the grace of God. Proceed as if you had never heard of the law. If it's a question of faith or conscience, he says, ignore the law entirely. Again and again, when the law convicts you and me and us of our sin and guilt, 
again and again, we must turn to the gospel. This is why Luther says the article of justification must be sounded in our ears incessantly. Because we are incessantly drifting away from the gospel and we incessantly need to be brought back to Jesus and Jesus alone, grace and grace alone. If it's a question of God's grace and love for you and you're standing before him, listen only to the gospel. Luther says it's the gospel's business to tell you about those things, and so you must listen to the gospel. It tells you not what you must do, but what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has done for you, and he has lived, died, and rose for you to accomplish your salvation in full, your justification in full. Your standing before God uh, is not um, based on your performance. As a Christian, your standing before God is based on Jesus' performance for you, and so rest in 